When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pawn save the queen! wrong thing to say is to say nothing because George Floyd's life mattered and Breonna Taylor's life mattered and Philando Castile's life mattered and Tamir Rice's life mattered. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Anne Gripper. I am back from my holidays. There has been a lot happening, a lot of serious stuff to talk about with the Black Lives Matters protests going on around the world really, including here in the UK and obviously in the US as well. Uh, The latest in the Prince Andrew to and fro, will he or will he not end up having an interview at some stage with the US law enforcement uh, bodies and but there's also some you know happy fun royal stuff to chat about as well with my good friend we are reunited mirror royal editor russell myers nice to see you russell hello we are reunited how was your holes oh it was lovely thank you and um have you actually built this barbecue yet or is i the- have i can announce it is done hooray and we have had two successful barbecues on it the relationship is still intact so you know happy people all round. and no food poisoning no food poisoning. No, no, no. Well, we're, we're doing all right. Everybody is relieved, both for you and for Mrs. May. <laughs> Excellent. So we are recording this on Wednesday, but by the virtue of the space-time continuum of magic that always blows our minds, there are some embargoed pictures being released tonight before this podcast goes live, so we can talk about them. We can. We can. We are, we are dancing into the future, no less. So um, so shall I kick it off? What have yeah, we go on. I come bearing gifts. Uh, well, this is part of the Duchess of Cambridge's photography project to build a sort of collage of pictures, a snapshot in history of Britain under the coronavirus crisis. What seeing, hearing, experiencing all in our daily lives as we have been involved in lockdown, as producer Dan said, for... 96 days or something he and uh, I started a bit early in fairness but yeah. well we did we did so I mean we've probably smashed past the 100 days barrier already but this is a great project it is uh Kate and uh, in conjunction with the National Portrait Gallery of which she is a patron um and she has devolved this concept essentially to build a picture of what our lives have been like and essentially it is it's called hold still and there are some new images and a video being released at midnight uh tonight 
tomorrow, which you will be able to see on the website, on our social media platforms. And um, it's a selection of these images that people have already sent in. And should we have a little look at them? Well, I, I, first of all, I was going to say, they've had 12,000 submissions. They have. It is, an, not a lot or an awful lot. An awful lot. An awful lot. In a good lot. way. Yeah, no, it, is, it is. Well, especially because there is still a week to go. And that's why Kate is doing, she has done a video herself where she is um, you know, so saying it's not too late to take part, but uh, we are taking a moment to capture what life is like for you. Because together, I hope that we can build a lasting illustration of just how our country pulled together through the pandemic. Now, what it is about, um, there's essentially three sections, helpers and heroes, your new normal and acts of kindness. So if you take a photo, you don't need to be a professional photographer. It can be on your iPhone or your Android phone and something that you have just seen on your daily walk, your little trip to the shop, something might be of your postman who is one of our you know, coronavirus heroes, the NHS workers who are working so selflessly as well however they have got to whittle it down to a hundred images and those images will be uh, chosen to be in a online exhibition potentially a physical exhibition if we at some stage come out of lockdown uh, and it's just a really really great project so they have given us eight images that have already been submitted and I think we can have a little look at them. Yeah, so I've picked some of my favourite ones. Um, yes. So I think that there's kind of a mix of the inspiring, so the, and just so like they inspire sort of gratitude, these absolutely exhausted hospital workers sort of just like relaxing at the end of, or not relaxing, just taking a break or getting through a shift and that one's called um sleeping colleagues unmasked by jane Rowe. but you can't even you can't really see these these two women's faces there because one's they're sort of so exhausted they yeah the way they're they're posed you can't quite see that but then you've also got a, the kind of the flip side of of medical life one called life goes on by matthew williams with a a probably a midwife or certainly someone on a some form of a maternity ward holding a, a new baby who is making themselves known. Whilst, it whilst looks dressed like. in full PPE gear, which is, you know, the real image of the coronavirus crisis in hospitals, isn't it? And the kind of world that that baby is coming into. And then, you know, I think often when you see glass coming between people, particularly grandparents and grandchildren somehow, mm. there is that kind of very different special bond of you know kind of the innocent cheeky toddler who's got no real idea why he can't see his gran um so it's just called glass kisses and it's really sweet and kind of the look of i don't know sort of longing or just i'm glad to set eyes on you look that is in this lady's eyes and it's like you know maybe it's is this the last time i see you and it's going to be through glass because we are all living with our sort of mortality of our our elderly friends and and relatives that it is a, a dangerous time and then the one the one that made me laugh which i think is um will strike a chord for anybody who is attempting to work from home with children where you've got um the the guy is working under sort of shelves at one end of the room and then there's a child who's just destroyed the rest of it's, the living room lying this is on their my back. This is a great sort of snapshot in history, isn't it? Because, you know, we have seen 
all sorts of images from our health workers on the front line and the you know the, the incredible work they're doing and it's exhausting and certainly as you say that they that image of the two uh, sleeping colleagues is is a real sort of snap snapshot of history um but this is something that lots of people aren't seeing but are experiencing in their daily lives and this little toddler has you know unleashed complete hell and carnage it would seem and this is what a lot of parents millions and millions of people are going through throughout the country and even if you haven't got children i think we can all sympathize because the amount i seem to be tidying up or not tidying up at the moment and every single room looks like a bomb has hit it because we're just living in our homes all the time and whether you're working from home at the place where you normally have dinner or your spare room or your bedroom these are what this is these are experiences that we're all having so a super 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 collection actually one of the photos i wanted to comment on was the black and white image of a little girl and it's entitled we are the future by daisy valencia and it's a, an incredible image of a young child she's probably how old would you say five or six maybe a bit younger yeah it's a bit younger like and she's wearing school. a mask this young girl in a puffer jacket sort of in a in a normal sort of street or back garden and it's um and it's you know that is these kids are the future and god knows what they will be experiencing and i think that one of the major issues of the coronavirus crisis which the royals are speaking about is the mental health aspect and what kids are experiencing on a daily basis not being able to see their friends and family and maybe looking through parents through uh, through glass panes of windows and what have you so I think we have a really, really interesting project here from Kate and uh, I'm super excited to actually see the exhibition. But if you are in the UK and you want to get involved, you can, well, you have until Thursday the 18th of June at 6pm to submit your entries and uh, I will give you the link afterwards. But I suppose if you go to the National Portrait Gallery website, you can enter your submission. We should put one in, Russell. Like us looking yes, on the Zoom. I mean, something like this. I mean, everybody else is doing Zoom calls, aren't they? This is sort of the new normal of being able to see your colleagues. We haven't seen each other for what? Nearly four months. Yeah. And yeah, then, I, I cry every like, night, Russell. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, is that normally on the wet Wednesday? Or, uh, <laughs> the Tuesday uh, night uh, before Tuesday we were... night. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's fun. It's always, always, always a highlight. Although I've up my game, I actually did a list for you today of what we were going to speak about because you've been on holiday. I've been on holiday. I was once taking the reins. Yes. And then it was, and then it was, uh, it all went to ashes because I had to have another 15 minutes because I've been on the call. Anyway, it, that's enough anyway, about the hectic here we lifestyle. are. Here we are. We're recording. Um, another important picture, which could probably actually be submitted for the new normal, or at least the temporary normal, because uh, they were definitely holding still, is the picture that was released of Prince Philip and the Queen. Yes. Mark his 99th birthday. So happy birthday to the Duke of Edinburgh. I'm sure he won't be listening to this. He's probably, well, I don't know, what he'll be doing? Wishing that he could be out well, driving. No, it's, it's nearly one o'clock here in the UK. So they would probably, they, the, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, are having a private lunch together to celebrate his birthday. Uh, I mean, he's probably overjoyed at the lockdown, to be honest, because you know he's not one for fuss or the whole pomp and pageantry, so he probably couldn't be bothered with all the, uh, the hullabaloo of a big birthday such as your 99th anyway. Um, but as a special treat, the Palace did release this photograph yesterday 
which is very, very sweet. It's of the Queen and the Duke looking, well, someone described it as he's, uh, he's, he stood poker upright, staunchly. He's wearing a very smart jacket, a tie from the household division. And Prince uh, William's sketch. Say again. It was the same, the same tie, not literally the same tie, but the same household division. That was well, the one Stephen Fry yes. picked up with collection. So the Good yeah. knowledge. Good knowledge. And, I mean, you probably knew this more than me, actually, but uh, fashion segment, Queen Wearing a Dress by Angela Kelly, uh, who is a dresser. Yes. And she's wearing the brooch, one of her favourite brooches, which I have now been reliably informed, is the Cullinan V brooch. She inherited in 1953, uh, originally, originally worn by Queen Mary as part of the suite of jewellery made in 1911. So you can obviously check those photographs all on the social media as well. I wonder if it's Cullen and V or Cullen and Five. But, so my... Oh, of course it is Cullen and Five. I'm just like, you know, bra brain dead. Reading literally. Anyway. Um, it what were is, your first uh, yeah, thoughts nice... when you saw that picture? I don't want to be mean. However, it was... <sighs> I don't know what I expected. I'd, maybe they did look a little bit distant, but then I don't know how I expected them to. Th th there's a clear division between them. So if you're looking at this photograph, you know, maybe they, I didn't expect the Duke to be standing upright. Maybe it would be a bit more relaxed. It looked a little bit um, posed or staged, should I say, but it is staged. So I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like it was a bit like, oh, it looks like they've been superimposed onto a background, and yeah, it was lighting and the weirdness. Well, it was a glorious week weather reference. It was taken. The actual photograph was taken last Monday, the first of June, and we had a heat wave here in the UK, and so the weather was glorious. It is actually taken. Uh, where is it? Taken? It was taken. Um, I'm looking. It was in the quadrangle of Windsor That's Castle, it. and it yeah. is, you know, it is a, it is, it is a, it is a proper photo, um, with, you know, taken by the Press Association and released, and, but I think, I think there is also that thing that the Queen looks she like she'd been caught off guard almost. Yeah, they're not doing their big like posy smiles. No, I can't imagine you can get the Prince of Prince Philip to, um, you said Prince of Edinburgh, well out of practice at this, but, um, <laughs> I can't imagine you can get him to do a very big posy smile very easily they well he's been renowned for swearing at <laughs> photographers before so maybe that was part of the deal he said i'll come out for five minutes or you you know five seconds and you better get it done i can imagine yeah. that happening to be honest but, but it was i don't um, think it's a classic of the royal birthday portrait genre however it is nice to see them looking hale and hearty and yeah you know they are they are in given their very advanced years they are in very good very good condition really you know well and listen it's nice to see him looking a lot at, uh, healthier because obviously he the last time we did see him was christmas eve when he came out of hospital um after you know he'd been in for a procedure on a a, a long-standing condition which was what the palace said at the time but that's uh, those images where he did come out of hospital he didn't look too well and he'd obviously been in for some uh, um some time so um yeah he, he looks much better he looks like he's been out in the garden enjoying the sun and um uh, hopefully we'll see one a bit a, a very very nice commemorative photo this time next year for his hundredth with all the family that would be amazing that would be awesome. I, and I think he would just have to put up with the fuss next year. If you get to be 100, 
that's the I think so. I think so. You've got you've got to allow people to make it. Although at the moment I'm reading a book, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's about a a man who on his hundredth birthday climbs out the window of his care home and decides I'm not having any of this and goes off and has an adventure, which I think might be the one to send to Prince. That could well imagine. Yeah, could well imagine. Um, we also had pictures recently, about well, about ten days ago now, possibly, of um, the Queen out riding, which is obviously a passion of hers. No royal ascot for her next week, although she, I guess she might be doing the stay at home, let's get dressed up and have a glass of champers option, which sounds like a pretty. I good can thing. imagine you doing that bit of baking. Well, I, I was just checking their their Twitter feed earlier, and they do have a thing about you know. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with the correct hashtag. But yeah, I might just stick a hat on for fun. Um, <laughs> And there's there's no trooping the colour this weekend either. No. Been. Um, however, however, there is going to be a mini trooping the colour. So they, you know, it, they are going to bring it to the Queen at Windsor Castle, um, which is another first as part of the sort of coronavirus crisis that we are all involved in. So uh, obviously it would be you know, the Buckingham Palace garden parties have been cancelled, all the, the investitures have been cancelled so, and the Queen is isolating at Windsor. So there'll be a scaled down version of the event uh, this Saturday, June the 13th, which is also Her Majesty's official birthday as we well know. So um, it's going to involve a small contingent, I'm told, of men from uh, from the regiment, the Welsh Guards, accompanied by a smaller group of the band, master band of the house in it. So um, it's going to be on the BBC as well. So if you're in the UK, you can probably check it out and the, and the website. And I imagine we'll be covering it. Yeah, we will be, I am sure. Um, and I think when I was reading about how the Queen's household is as adapted as part of HMS Bubble, Clearly, the people who look after her stables know just how important the horses are to her because they've changed their daily exercise route so that they always go past the window so she can see her horses every day. And I just thought, oh, that's actually really nice. To it is. Yeah, there's a, a point lot in your day to look forward to. Yeah, this sort of HMS bubble, I love this. It's, um, it's sort of the, the code name given to the, the management of what's going on at the moment at Windsor Castle. They're, they're obviously on lockdown. There's a, a, a very, very much scaled down version of just about 20 staff who are turns to keep the, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh safe because um, they obviously are in the age range that people have been asked to take care of themselves and uh, isolate where possible. And um, this whole concept of the Queen being shielded from this virus is has essentially made her go to Windsor in the first place. And I don't think we're going to be seeing uh, a return to Buckingham Palace anytime soon. Um, so I think this will be th- certainly throughout the whole summer, well into the autumn before, uh, before we see any type of normality. Interestingly enough, I was speaking to some people at the palace uh, last week, in fact, about meetings that they're having, whether they are even discussing uh, a return to normal business, because slowly, slowly, we're sort of seeing shops opening up from next week. There's going to be, um, you know, zoos are going, are going to be open, discussions about schools. So when are we going to see the royals back doing public engagement? And I can report it is on the cards. They don't know necessarily when it will be, but it's good to know that they are making these um, this headway into into trying to have some sort of vision of normality in the future. Because as much as uh, these Zoom calls have kept us all entertained over the last few weeks, we do want to see them back 
out working back to business. And it may be that it's just been the Cambridges or the Wessexes. Certainly Charles and Camilla might not be out uh, and about before the end of the summer. So hopefully we're, um, we'll have something to report over the next few weeks if there, if there are uh, engagements on the cards. But it's interesting, this idea of a bubble, because the royal family obviously already exist within a bubble. And then you've got, you know, the Queen and Philip further within a bubble during this coronavirus crisis. And I guess it was when I was watching Meghan's really emotive speech that she gave for the sort of the graduation message to her, her old high school. The fact, the bit that really struck me I'd, like I'd been aware already of her, her the bit that we played at the beginning of the show talking about how these names matter and you do have to say something and it's much more important to say something and you can't just stay silent on it but it was when she was talking about her experience of the LA riots in 1992 after mm. Rodney King was so big and like she experienced that she saw it happening on the streets her environment changed and that is not something that, you know, because there are there are these protests that are happening now in, in the UK and in, in various different places, but they are very far away from where the royal, you know, where the royal family are, are and even in the kind of regular times, they would be quite separated from anything, you know, that extreme, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, it, it comes down to the point, I think it's... It, it, it sim simply uh, explained it's that the fact they don't like to get involved in political messages. However, and I was having this discussion yesterday with someone and I, and I explained that concept and we were both in agreement that this is sort of above politics at the moment. And it essentially is a global movement we're seeing now. The argument that the Royal Family comment on humanitarian issues, they have on the state of the nation, the coronavirus crisis. So would we or should we expect them to be commenting on an issue which is, uh, which is ongoing now and we are seeing direct action and direct change? Um, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think we will. I think you'll, you'll, you'll see subtle references to it, like the Cambridges uh, through Heads Together um, made a social media post last week, which was part of the Black Square movement for Blackout Tuesday on, on, uh, on Instagram and Heads Together made a reference to you know, the fact that they support all communities and getting their message out about mental health as well. So it was kind of like a subtle reference whilst also being connected to the Cambridges. But I think this is what the royal family are missing. And certainly when you see Meghan so passionately speaking about you that has not only affected her she can speak uh you know with an absolute personal knowledge of these issues that have gone on and that is what there was so much excitement about her joining the royal family bringing the, the monarchy dragging it into the modern world if you will um and then there's the argument you know there was certain reports from sources close to the sussexes saying that she had felt that if she was in the firm uh, as they were last year, just before they left, right, fr you know, front and centre, um, that she felt that she wouldn't have been able to make these statements. And I think that's really sad because let's say they hadn't left their roles as senior working royals. They were still 
in the UK. We'd be seeing them load, doing loads of Zoom calls on the coronavirus crisis. That would have been hugely successful, no doubt. Um, and then to have been able to make a, such a personal statement like that uh, would have been very, very powerful. And the royal family are so much worse off for it, in my opinion. Yes, I think we can agree on that. And I think it, it it's it's interesting because um, a colleague of ours, Darren Lewis, I was um, looking at his his column because I was sorting, sorting it out, putting it up online yesterday and talking about the sort of the false dawns of moments that it's felt like there's been in the past where it felt like things might change and maybe things did for a little bit or people talked about, yeah, yeah, we'll try and do something, but nothing really changed. But whether this time too much has changed and at a very basic at a very basic level in the UK, it's it's kind of going through the prism of statues, which doesn't really, I don't know, does it, possibly it's not actually for me to say, does that actually change anything if you take a statue, if you take a statue down? Um, the mayor of Bristol, who is, who is um, black, he saying that this statue was a personal affront to him, that it was there and, you know, essentially the fact that it ended up in the harbour is is fine and it, it had no place being there um but stat statues are just like one small part of it but they're quite a visible and iconic part of it and it it just feels well, I can, like I can, you yeah, can't I can go see it because now. yeah you can't and and if you are seeing these these uh statues being being taken down these monuments to periods of history then that's a really really powerful symbol and people who might not have been engaged in the movement beforehand or the marches or even been reading about it or talking to it about it it is it's, well, it's certainly a conversation starter and then you might pique somebody's interest to actually get involved or just have a conversation about it and I think I've been having a lot of conversations about what's going on with friends of all different races and back and backgrounds and and it's just it's just about educating yourself i think and and hopefully that will be brought forward as as, as this continues however let's i mean back back to megan's speech i think when you're looking at what she's saying where they're living at the moment in la the historical references to riots and race relations in the country She's, you know, this is this is very, very, very powerful. Um, and perhaps she wouldn't have been able to, to to make those statements if she was involved in the firm. But the fact that she's making them now and getting the headlines and getting people involved in having that conversation should be celebrated. Definitely. And it was interesting as well, like the whole just that bit of um advice that she took had taken from a teacher from years back that had had stuck with her as well like always remember to put others needs above your own fears I just thought you know that's a pretty good um a good motto to take with you and and also like it's 28 28 years ago that is a long that is a long time to feel that actually sort of nothing has really changed and we're back we're back where we are before so hopefully Hopefully this is a watershed moment and things can change, but it is definitely not about not about statues. It is about other things. And there are a couple of other organisations related to the Royals that were also sort of um, engaged on the Black Lives Matter um, issues. So the Diana Award posted about it and the Queen's Commonwealth Trust posted about it as well, which is which is interesting. So, yeah, certainly this is going to be an evolving 
evolving discussion and um, one we will continue to support and educate ourselves on as well I think because there is a lot a lot to learn and a lot of history that actually you don't get taught the full picture necessarily in school and that's part of the thing that that needs to change Francis Drake discovered places that's what you learn you see the one that was playing bowls on I the know, I mean you don't shooters learn you learn and you don't really learn history that is relevant in the modern world and I think that that is something that needs to be addressed uh, and I have spoken in the past certainly not on this this message but why curriculums are set I mean this is probably not an issue for our podcast but it's but it is really interesting and this does feel like a moment in time you are seeing people feel the need to go out and express themselves during a global pandemic and because this this cancer essentially is worse than what is going on and and, I, and I'm I'm all for it I think that we need to really address certain issues like that and uh, and potentially that will happen and let's see what happens Let's see what happens. Um, we mentioned about uh, uh, Heads Together, Head yes. about Black Lives Matter, and also it came out that William has been volunteering for Shout. Yeah, I mean, he'd sort of said this a couple of months ago that he was going to do it, so it's great to see that he has followed through on his, uh, on his comments. Um, yeah, he's been sort of manning the tech service, so he's, he's gone through the training and he's actually got involved, which is really, really good. And again, you're only going to get an understanding of things by educating yourself and whether that's talking about issues that are going on or talking to people who are suffering mental health issues and seeing how this, the, the actual messaging works with Shout. There was a big, uh, big launch with Our Frontline recently to help the frontline workers, uh, whether they're in the NHS, the police, um, people just who are obviously experiencing quite a, 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 you know, a very traumatic time in the, the, the period that we're living in. So um, hats off to him. I think that's, that's really good. It keeps the message out there that, along with his documentary, it's okay not to be okay. There are help services out there. So access them if you feel the need. And it's all about starting and carrying on the conversation. And kind of added a bit more poignancy I guess to the Queen's message for Volunteers Week about everybody who was helping including her own family and um, we've seen Kate getting involved with Action on Addiction again this week as well. That was really interesting this was sort of uh, I was was speaking to some people from Action on Addiction this week and she's um, she hadn't actually been to this centre since she sort of joined her patronage back in 2012 so she dropped in on a virtual visit to the Action on Addiction Clouds House uh, Rehabilitation Centre which is in Wiltshire that's in the Midlands isn't it in the in the in England oh, it's sort of it? on the West Country it's West Country route so uh, I'm sure I mean geography is never my strong point that's why I left the maps up to you but um, <laughs> so yeah so Kate dropped in for a virtual visit she was speaking to the CEO some of the staff um and it doesn't you know they released the, the issue was on on the day was that action on addiction had had a national uh, a national poll commissioned where they were speaking to a sample of people talking about addictive behaviors and it's something you don't really think about but when you see the findings they were quite shocking i think there was you know a, a, up to a quarter of people are drinking more alcohol they're gambling more there's uh issues with children as young as seven uh, sorry 12 accessing 
um, addictive behaviors, whether that's uh, drink or drugs or gambling or probably a bit of, sort of OCD as well, this sort of addictive behaviors that we're seeing from lockdown. Um, and Kate was, again, speaking about the mental health aspect of it, the access to services such as Cloud's House. And the people I was speaking to at the centre were saying, you know, when you have these royal patronages, um, the reason why you have them is to try and highlight not only the business of the charity or the organization, but it's to really push a message. And that's what they were trying to do in this instance is to get the message out there that they are available and there are people who are suffering. So keep an eye out for people in your family. Kate was talking about um, the services that they offer, about counseling, the rehabilitation center that is open as well. And she's obviously promised to visit the centre once we're all back up and running. So that might be one of their first engagements when they get back. So you never know. They're going to have a big backlog of visits to do. They are, aren't they? they? I mean, gosh, they've been promising everyone that they've been speaking to on Zoom that they'd love to come and see them. And gosh, I mean, let's, they might have sort of six months worth. We've missed out on tours. We should open, we should open a, a raffle to see where we think they're going to go. Maybe that could be a competition we could run Ooh. with our uh, with our listeners. I mean, and your new geography. I don't think we're going to go on a tour till next summer. I can't see lucky. it. Can you? If you're lucky, yeah. UK so, tour, staycation tour. That'd be the answer. Staycation. That's part of it as well because you know, whenever they do go away, whether it's to Bradford or the Bahamas, they create massive, massive crowds. And whilst this uh, pandemic is ongoing, that's something that needs to be taken off the table. So you might even see uh, visits that are strictly under embargo and then you just see them appear, which will, it's quite sad really, but I suppose it's, we've got to have baby steps as we get back to normal. And people, people always do find a way, you know, there's been a couple of things recently, I can't remember where it was, where, you know, word got out and people were lined up to, to, to greet whoever it was that has come to visit. But, you know, there's obviously a lot of good work that the royal family is doing, um, both those who are working royals and those who are making their new roles in America and um, Meghan speaking out so well. Um, but there is the problem. There remains the problem, which periodically keeps poking its head back up because it has not been dealt with no. to a conclusion. And it is obviously Prince Andrew. Next week's episode will, um, all things being equal, feature an interview with Nigel Corson, who has written a new book about Prince Andrew and Epstein and the palace handling of the whole situation so that will be a fascinating chat to have with him hopefully so do make sure you are subscribed to the show to get that one next week as I say all things being equal but Russell does yeah I mean listen this is an issue which is not going away anytime soon and uh I mean the the, the sort of toing and throwing this week has really sort of been described as a Mexican standoff between these two uh, forces and you have the the US state prosecutor Jeffrey Berman who has come out um, and released a very very punchy statement um, on top of the fact that he's been saying that the Duke of York has shown zero cooperation that they've been trying to get through to him to to try and get him to speak to them as part of their investigation into 
the late um, sex offender Jeffrey Epstein and his relationship with the Duke of York. Obviously, Prince Andrew, uh, the heat has been on him since he gave that interview to the BBC last November, and it shows no sign of abating. Now, for his part, he has completely denied all the allegations against him, um, but these allegations keep keep coming, whether that's whether he had a sexual relationship with uh, Virginia Dufresne or his associations with Jeffrey Epstein. Now, the issue is that um, the Department of Justice in the US have made what is called a mutual, uh, well, a, a bid for mutual legal assistance, an MLA. They have submitted that to the UK Home Office in order to try and get Andrew to speak to them. Now, the issue here is the fact of whether they are treating it as a criminal investigation, which of course it is in one sense, and whether Andrew will be treated as a witness um, or as part of the investigation. The reason they put that MLA in is to try and force his hand. They are saying they've had zero cooperation with him. As a result, the Home Office may request Andrew go to speak to them, which again could be as a witness, or he may be made to give a statement under oath at a magistrate's court in the United Kingdom. However, for his part, Andrew's lawyers released a very, very punchy statement this week, and they were saying that they had made three attempts to offer cooperation in the investigation. They are utterly bewildered um, at these accusations that Prince Andrew hasn't been forthcoming. Um, he has said himself now publicly through these statements that he is willing to help the investigation. But um, it looks like that there really is this issue between his legal representatives and the US state prosecutors about how he will be treated. Now, if that is as a witness, then he uh, can cooperate in their language, or will it be making, trying to make him give a statement under oath? Now, we've all seen how he reacted in the BBC Newsnight interview. So um, that is potentially why they are, this, this Mexican standoff has happened and they are seeking clarification about how he will be uh, treated by this, these, uh, these US uh, state prosecutors. Well, I think it's fair to say that until anything gets concluded, this just is, it's not going to go away. It is going to keep coming up. The people who are looking for, for their justice in relation to what Jeffrey Epstein did are going to keep asking questions and asking for people to, to give their side and and have that heard well it's not going away and and you you know you have different lawyers representing different um victims of jeffrey epstein there i there are obviously investigations ongoing um andrew's lawyers are saying that this these investigations have been going on for 16 years and andrew was only just pulled into it very very recently um and then from january he was uh, you know, making himself available to to cooperate with the authorities. So there seems to be six of one and half a dozen of the other. There is a little sort of name calling between the two groups. Um, certainly this, uh, this MLA order or application made by uh, the Department of Justice in the US are supposed to stay secret. And they were particularly aggrieved that it had been made public. Um, and this is quite unsavoury at the moment. And it seems that though a lot of this is being played out in the public arena, 
when, but even behind closed doors, one side is saying something and the other is saying another. So um, again, I w I, it remains to be seen what is going on. For his part, again, Andrew is protesting his innocence. He says he's got nothing to hide, but will he make a statement under oath? That is the big question at the moment. Whatever the case, there is no way back for him anytime soon, if ever, into into public life you know that was made fairly clear clear recently and sort of sources just saying there are no there are no plan, plans to change the current situation and and bring him back in and his you know the, the charitable trust has closed you know everything is the life that he had sort of built has has fallen apart and is no more and this is essentially what is left is is this question so again it is one that is going to carry on until until we get to some kind of a resolution finally a happy yes. note sophie wessex our new fave yeah definitely big interview with her a big interview with her in the sunday times by uh, their celebrated correspondent um very famous war correspondent as well christina lamb who uh, has given a profile of, uh, of, of Sophie Wessex. I must say after I did my own profile on Sophie Wessex some weeks earlier, but, but you know. She did go to South Sudan with her, which as Christina <laughs> Lamb points out, is no, you know, that is no walk in the park. And it was, it was pretty dangerous. It's yeah. a dangerous place to go. And it is rare for anybody, you know, the, the Royals do a lot of security checking about where they're going to go. They don't tend to go anywhere particularly hot. The spouses particularly, rather than the sort of the born into the Royals, don't necessarily go anywhere particularly, particularly hot. And she's the issues that she is engaging with as well are, you know, it's not like doilies and tea parties. And this, no. this is about rape as a weapon during war. It's like the Absolutely. Angelina Jolie kind of. Yeah, I mean, for, for her part, and I know that this has been sort of labelled at the media or royal correspondence, that we haven't necessarily focused on Sophie's work in the past. Now, obviously, she has had two decades worth of uh, being very, very vocal and busy in those sorts of arenas, whether it's women's rights, girls' education, um, speaking at the UN with Angelina Jolie, former politicians, she's very, very versed in that. And I think she, she has been doing that under the radar. Now, the, the, the simplistic explanation is, um, unfortunately, that she would be viewed in some quarters as less glamorous, let's say, than Meghan and Kate. Um, but I, th I almost think, like speaking to, to people at the palace, that kind of suits her the way she operates. That she she is a grafter. She does things uh, you know, behind the scenes. She is incredibly busy. I think one of the lines in that interview, which was quite telling, was, "Well, you know, people are sort of maybe focusing on my work a little bit more because a bit more room in the room." Uh, but I've been doing this for twenty years, and I am very very busy, and I don't have enough time to take more projects on. It's just that the spotlight is obviously being shone on her, uh, her engagement and her endeavors. And I think with Megan gone, who obviously did speak about women's rights, girls' education, those sorts of issues, this is a fantastic opportunity for both us to learn more about her, for people who didn't necessarily know about her work in the past. Certainly she's had uh, people who have celebrated her extensively and they are the ones who are sort of shouting at us and saying we want to see more of her so um so maybe maybe that is an opportunity
Well, I think it's also though that you know the time when she joined the royal family, it was sort of the post Diana years. It was before Camilla was fully kind of accepted and and married in, and the the royal family wasn't very, I don't know, hip is a terrible word to use, but you know it wasn't new and fresh and exciting. And William and Kate and Meghan yeah. and Harry have made it interesting and you've got the arrival of the kids and it feels exciting it feels like there are things happening it feels like there are changes that they can make and new issues that they're bringing to the fore that they've not really dealt with before and possibly even if Meghan and Harry had stayed the fact that they were attracting so much kind of energy and interest around the royal family building on what William and Kate had had already done, it has created more space and more discussion and more interest in their ability to change things, possibly, maybe. Well, so maybe I, think, I think it will do. It will do. And, and you know, it's on, it's on royal fans to seek it out. Certainly she's been getting a lot of uh, airtime on the royal family's Instagram. She's been particularly busy, I think, uh, during coronavirus crisis. Uh, we did the story about the, the um, charity, the Shooting Star Hospice, that is, in, it's, it's facing closure because of the coronavirus crisis. And we gave that a big push. There is a charity appeal. If you are uh, can 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 go and check that out, it is a uh, shooting star hospice. Check it out. They're trying to raise money to keep this vital children's centre open, and and obviously Sophie has lent her support and weight uh, behind that in the past. So there's going to be a lot of charities that she's involved in who are particularly excited about her getting a bit more of a power play um, in in the public arena. So. Um, and, and she does some fantastic work. So it's all it's it's on all of us, isn't it? It's a, it may be in us to follow it, her to maybe promote it a little bit more. Um, and certainly there is there is there is more space uh, in the room at the moment because Sussexes have uh, have vacated. And um, she carried out more engagements than Prince William last year, which impressed me. And uh, see, I, yeah. see, and she's busy. That she there she probably can't take on many more projects but the projects that she is doing like going to Sierra Leone like going to South Sudan um, really trying to raise the profile of hospices kids centres in the UK all about education these are big big issues that she's involved in I just thought she was quite um, open about actually these are difficult issues that she's dealing with and hearing things can be can be hard and then so she's on the plane back from Juba and and saying you know you read your brief but don't really know what to expect then get there and oh my god this just this is just a drop in the ocean what can I do at my most depressed times I think what's the point but then like today they ask please can we have more torches even if I made the tiniest difference if we can get them torches encourage the men then it was worth going and that kind of sense of actually trying to tackle these things can be quite overwhelming and trying to cling on to the little things where you can actually make a difference I thought was was interesting and she talks as well about you know she's not going to be able to drive the kind of massive change that that Princess Diana did um and then in sort of in relation to Megan so she talks about you know trying to help people when they join the family but her talking about changing or having to deal with not working anymore. Talking about, certainly it took me a while to find my feet. 
the frustration was I had to reduce my expectations of what I could actually do. I couldn't turn up at a charity and go, right, I think you should be doing this because that's what I was used to doing in my working life. I had to take a really big step back and go, okay, they want you to be the icing on the cake, the person to come in to thank their volunteers and funders, not necessarily to tell them how to run their communications plan. Mm, I just mm. thought that was quite an honest feeling of change. Well, either way, it's clear we're going to be seeing a lot more of Sophie um, in lockdown or not, and lots more of the Royals as well. So lots more to talk about in future episodes in whether, whatever day it is, whether it's day 187 or 392. Let's hope we don't get there and we all manage to get out before then. Um, but thank you as ever to Russell for joining me, to you all for listening. Wherever you are, stay safe, stay well, and until next time. Pod save the Queen!